Welcome to the Community Group Training Series. My name is AJ Venegas. I am the Director of Community Groups here at Three Crosses Church. In this series, we're going to be diving into some great concepts of, of what does it mean to be a community group host and hopefully at the end of this, a community group leader. And so we're going to be diving into the question of why even do community groups in the first place? We're going to be taking a look at some biblical concepts that hopefully get you excited about what you're doing in your small group and just give you some more motivation to continue to pursue the community group ministry. At the same time, we're also going to be looking at some tangible ways that we can become better at leading people toward Christ, at leading uh, our community group toward a relationship with God and relationships with one another. We've decided to record this content on an audio recording or a podcast so that you can listen to it wherever you are. So whether you're cleaning dishes, whether you're doing chores, running an errand, or simply on your commute, we'd invite you to join us as we walk through this amazing series on community groups. Let's jump in. Hey, community group hosts. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to our two-part community group training series. Here's a question for you. What do you believe is the biggest obstacle people face when it comes to attending your community group? What about participating in ministry at the church in general? Is it their biblical understanding of small groups or their role in ministry? Is it feelings of inadequacy or being ill-prepared to talk about their faith? I asked some pastors this question and they seemed to bypass any answers that related to knowledge or a proper vision of what a community group is. The answer that frequently stood above the rest revolved around one word, apathy. This term apathy boils down to this one simple question. Why is the small community group important? There are so many other things I could be doing with my time. Why should I give up my Tuesday night or my Thursday night, prime time segments of my week, in order to meet as a small group? Why should I commute to another city when I could just video chat from my sofa or skip the meeting entirely, catch up on my shows? Why show up at a house with potentially strangers when I am already anxious about socializing in the first place and you know I might not enjoy their food? Why should I sacrifice my time to wrestle with the Bible in a group when I can already do that alone in my devotional time? Why is the small community group so important? If those are the questions going through the mind of your group members, let me flip the question on its head for a second. Why should you continue to sacrifice your time, your energy, or your resources to host one of these small community groups? We're going to wrestle with these questions and more in this upcoming series. In part one, we'll take the time to dissect the biblical reasons for why we do community groups so that when we come to a proper understanding of the why, we might also begin to sense the importance of community groups in a new and fresh way. Then in part two, we will discuss some practical tools that will help you grow to become a better leader for the people in your group. Part two will feature a program called Churches That Heal, created by Dr. Henry Cloud, a renowned Christian psychologist who has authored many great Christian books that I would encourage anyone to read. 
Churches That Heal was designed to talk about the core ways that all of us as community group leaders can step into Christ-like ministry and begin to care for broken people in your group. To capture all these thoughts, you will have been sent a supplementary study guide that is titled Home. You'll see why it's titled that shortly. But first, I pray that this series will ultimately equip you with the framework that you need to see community groups not as the latest fad of the church, but as something much bigger and much more beautiful initiated by Jesus at the cross. We invite you to follow along as you learn how to move from simply being a host of a group to becoming a true leader for the group of people God has entrusted to you. Without further ado, let's dive in. I'd like to begin this series outlining a set of eight different questions that will act as the backbone of this entire series. Perhaps some of these questions will resonate with you, but my challenge for you is to keep these questions in the back of your mind as we walk through the series. Question one, what is the biblical reasoning for the existence of the community group ministry? In other words, is what we're doing biblical? If it's not, then why are we doing it? If we don't see small groups practiced in the scriptures, then we might as well stop here and move on to something else. This will be a primary focus for us in this series. Number two, were community groups important to Jesus and vital to his life and ministry? Like the last question, if Jesus didn't do small groups, why should we do them as followers of Jesus? If coming together in small groups was important to Jesus, we should expect to see this kind of community forming in his life. Question three, what level of importance do community groups have in the Christian's life today? Are community groups only meant for the super Christian? Here we plan to dive into the apathy problem we mentioned at the beginning. What level of importance should we place on the ministry of small groups and who is it really for? Is the ministry only for the dedicated and mature believer, as some would suggest, or is it for everyone? We will learn how to communicate the mission and the purpose of the community group ministry in this series. Question four, are small community groups a modern program invented by the 21st century church? Or do they have a rich theological history? This question is something I'm personally growing more passionate about as I study community groups. But for this question, we will be diving into church history so we can learn some lessons about how our fellow brothers and sisters have traditionally expressed their faith. The second half of these questions are more practical in nature that will be addressed in part two of this series. So question number five, what does a healthy community group actually look like? We're gonna take a look at a lot of New Testament texts that talk about what healthy communities should look like and discuss how you might be able to evaluate the health of your own community group. Question six, how do I become a better community group facilitator and host? Some questions in this category might include, what kind of questions should I be asking? Is there a particular style I should follow? What content should I be looking for? Or is there a way to do things better? While there's no magic pill that we can take to answer some of these questions, we can address certain details that will help you maximize opportunities for the Holy Spirit to be present in your group so that he can illuminate your specific personality as you lead the group. Question seven, what is the goal? Or for you Avengers fans out there, what is the end game of hosting a community group? Whenever we do something, we always wanna have a purpose behind it. So what is the biblically driven vision 
of the community group ministry here at Three Crosses and where does it fit in with everything else going on at our church? Finally, number eight, what are some tangible next steps that I can take to continue developing in God's kingdom ministry? At the end of the series, we want to give you some more next steps in your journey as you become more and more like Jesus. Okay, if any of these questions spark some curiosity in your mind, I hope that you'll continue to set aside some time and join us in this conversation we will have over the next 11 episodes. I want to leave you here with, with Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. This is the passage that has been on my heart for you as a host and has been inspiring this series as we look to continue to develop as community group leaders. It says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We'll dive into this passage, but for now, take some time to review the questions presented in this episode and write down any other questions you may be curious about as it pertains to the community group ministry. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you'd like to continue this conversation, feel free to reach out at any time. I know personally I've loved diving into the topic of community groups in the Bible. And so if you want to continue this conversation, feel free to reach out at avenegas at threecrosses.org. Thanks for listening.